and above all else, the presence of the king himself in power and glory to rule over God's people. The questions reverberating in the heart of the Jewish people at the time of Jesus were, When will Yahweh send the Messiah to deliver us from our oppressors and fulfill the covenant promises given to our fathers? Where is God's promised fulfillment of the kingdom? No one disputes the fact that the focus of Christ's ministry was the announcement of the coming of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. See also Matthew chapter 3 verse 2, chapter 4 verse 17 and verse 23, chapter 10 verse 7, Luke chapter 4 verse 43, and chapter 10 verse 9. The concept of the kingdom most prevalent in the mind of the Old Testament Jews was that of God's visible conquest of His enemies, the vindication and restoration of His people, Israel, to supremacy in the land, and the fulfillment of the promises of a Davidic throne and rule upon the earth in power and glory. God's kingdom, to the Jew in the village in the first half of the first century, notes N.T. Wright, meant the coming vindication of Israel, victory over the pagans, the eventual gift of peace, justice and prosperity. It is scarcely surprising that when a prophet appeared announcing that this kingdom was dawning and that Israel's God was at last becoming king, he found an eager audience. The crucial issue was, when will Yahweh return to Zion to dwell with His people, to forgive and restore them? Jewish hope, notes right, was concrete, specific, focused on the people as a whole. If Pilate was still governing Judea, then the kingdom had not come. If the temple was not rebuilt, then the kingdom had not come. If the Messiah had not arrived, then the kingdom had not come. If Israel was not observing the Torah properly, however one might define that, then the kingdom had not come. If the pagans were not defeated and or flocking to Zion for instruction, then the kingdom had not come. These tangible, this-worldly points of reference are all important. For the religious leaders of Jesus' day, as well as for the common man, the coming kingdom of God would be a matter of national liberation and the military defeat of the pagan oppressors. This mindset may well have contributed to John the Baptist's bewilderment concerning Jesus. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 6. In his response to John's disciples, Jesus was claiming that the fulfillment of the Old Testament hope with its attendant blessings was in fact present in his person and ministry. The fulfillment, however, was not taking place along anticipated lines, hence John's perplexity. The unexpected element was that fulfillment was occurring in Jesus, but without the eschatological consummation. The Old Testament prophetic hope of the coming messianic kingdom of God, as promised to Israel, is being fulfilled in the person and ministry of Jesus, but not consummated. The Jews of our Lord's day, in keeping with what they read in their inspired writings, expected the consummation of the kingdom, the complete and final overthrow of Israel's political enemies, and the ushering in of the age of blessed peace and prosperity in the land.
Our Lord, however, came with the message that before the kingdom would come in its eschatological consummation, it has come in His own person and work in spirit and power. The kingdom, therefore, is both the present spiritual reign of God and the future realm over which He will rule in power and glory. Thus George Ladd rightly concludes, Before the eschatological appearing of God's kingdom at the end of the age, God's kingdom has become dynamically active among men in Jesus' person and mission. The kingdom in this age is not merely the abstract concept of God's universal rule to which men must submit. It is rather a dynamic power at work among men. Before the apocalyptic coming of God's kingdom and the final manifestation of His rule to bring in the new age, God has manifested His rule, His kingdom, to bring men in advance of the eschatological era the blessings of His redemptive reign. In His response to John's query, Jesus pointed to the binding of Satan as one example of the manifestation of His kingdom.